Vladimir Tarasenko absolutely kills it in his first game as a New York Ranger. The Rangers take down the first place Seattle Kraken 6-3 on Friday night. And then Artemi Panarin goes off for not one, not two, not three, but four goals against the first place Carolina Hurricanes on the second game of a back-to-back. The Rangers win that game 6-2. We've also got uh, some controversy, so to speak, with Vitaly Kravtsov being a healthy scratch uh, in the second of those two games in favor of Jake LeCision. So i got to talk about all that and a whole bunch more on tonight's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 770 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So obviously we got a ton to do on today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers. I mean, what else is new? You know, there's always a lot of highs and lows and always something to talk about when you're talking about the New York Rangers. But I figure, you know, we'll start today's show by talking about uh, the first of the two games of the back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. That was, of course, a 6-3 to home victory against the Seattle Kraken for the New York Rangers. And of course, uh, let's not bury the headline here, the big uh, storyline coming into that game was the debut of Vladimir Tarasenko after the Rangers and Blues completed a trade which sent Tarasenko to New York for uh, what I believed was a very reasonable package. If you want my thoughts on the trade itself, uh, just go back and check our most recent episode. Uh, went into that in great detail. But as for this game, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko to begin with, I mean, wearing the Ranger jersey, it just looked right. You know, rocking the uh, the blue and it just uh, it looked like a fit right away. And, uh, you know, he was out there with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. They kind of super stacked the top line, or at least they did in the game against the Kraken. They shuffled the deck against the Canes, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But of course, Tarasenko here, uh, scores a goal. His first goal as a New York Ranger scored just 249 into his New York Ranger career. Uh, you got Panarin intercepting a pass. You know, the Kraken turned over the puck in the neutral zone. Panarin goes up the right side, centers it for Tarasenko, and Tarasenko tips it into the net, gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead. And, uh, you know, overall, like I said, I, I thought it was a solid debut. It wasn't just the goal, but, you know, that line was pretty much buzzing all night. I thought the kid line had a fantastic night against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Rangers pretty much took care of business, got a little bit dicey in the third period. But as for Tarasenko himself, uh, again, a really strong start. He's got to be at least somewhat nervous. I mean, 11 years with the St. Louis Blues, won a Stanley Cup there, has uh, been through a lot of ups and downs with that franchise, but comes right in and... Uh, you know, the fans were really excited. They wanted to see him play, and uh, I thought it was a smart decision to have that line start the game. I mean, why wouldn't you want to start a line that's Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Vladimir Tarasenko? But when somebody's making his debut, uh, I think it makes all the more sense just to get him out there, get him going, and, uh, you know, not have him sitting on the bench too long and thinking about it. But yeah, Tarasenko was great, scored the goal. He was also a plus one. Two shots on goal in that game, one hit, two block shots, 13.58 of ice time and a minute and 28 seconds of power play time. And yeah, like I said, you know, that first period of that game against the Kraken, it looked like the Rangers were just shot out of a cannon. Uh, One of the absolute best periods that I think they've played all season. 
didn't quite stay at that level for the entire game, and we'll get to that in due time here. But uh, like I said, very, very strong start for Tarasenko. Tarasenko against the Canes, you know, a little bit quieter. Didn't really notice him a whole lot in this game that just concluded here. Uh, did not have any points. He was an even plus minus. Had two hits. 13.25 of ice time, and just like I said, you know, not quite as noticeable in this game against the Canes as he was in this game against the Kraken, but that's okay. Obviously, you know, still getting used to his new team, his new teammates, his new surroundings, all that good stuff, and uh, I think Tarasenko is going to do a heck of a job and uh, pay big-time dividends for this New York Ranger team down the stretch here. I uh, also wanted to talk about Nico Mikola a little bit because, uh, you know, obviously he was I don't want to say a throw-in because that almost sounds insulting, but he was, uh, we'll call it the, the second piece of that trade with the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, something that a lot of people are going to fixate on uh, for sure in that game against the Kraken was the fact that uh, Mikola ended up taking three penalties in that game. One was total nonsense. I mean, you know, a lot of times with penalties, it's a little bit subjective, right? You know, the shades of gray as opposed to black and white. Um, but this one was the exception to that. One of his penalties, the third one to be exact, uh, was just not a penalty because he was trying to clear the puck. It went off the stick of one of his opponents and then went out of play. They still called him for delay of game. Uh, one of the other ones, hooking, penalty, a little bit ticky-tack, probably could have gone either way as well. Um, but obviously, look, he, he doesn't want to be taking three penalties in any game, much less his debut uh, with the New York Rangers. Uh, in that game, he was a minus one, one shot on goal, four hits, one block shot. And uh, had 14.04 of ice time, which was the fewest of all Ranger defensemen. I thought in the first game, uh, him and Braden Schneider were struggling a little bit to get on the same page. And of course, part of that is caused by the Seattle Kraken because it's just a relentless team. You know, they... I didn't think they were hitting that much early in the game, but they picked it up in that department as the game went on. And they forechecked like their heads are on fire. So there were a couple of different instances where I thought uh, Schneider, as well as McCola, when they were on the ice, they kind of got pinned in their own zone a little bit. They hung in there. I mean, again, I, I think, you know, the chemistry will come with time. Uh, Braden Scheider, very early in his uh, NHL career here, has already shown that he can go out there and play with just about anybody. So uh, I'm sure they'll find it uh, sooner rather than later. And honestly, you know, I, I thought in the game against the Kraken, they pretty much did find it. They looked a lot better. I thought McCola looked a little bit more relaxed and, and a little bit more comfortable. I mean, like I said, same thing with Tarasenko. You get traded, I mean, your head has to be spinning at least a little bit. And, you know, McCola hasn't been in the league as long. Uh, I believe this is his fourth season or at least part of his fourth season. Um, and so, you know, but he, he's played all those games with the St. Louis Blues. He's played his whole career there. That's the team that drafted him. And uh, now he hits to New York. Um, but, yeah, the second game, like I said, I thought it was a lot better for Mikola. And you could even throw Schneider in there as well. Uh, both of them were a plus two. Uh, Mikola had one block shot, 17.48 of ice time. So his time on the ice increased by uh, 3.44. So, you know, pretty significant difference from one game to the next there. Uh, it was still the fewest of any of the New York Ranger defensemen, but that's also to be expected. I mean, you know, they don't envision Mikola uh, leading the Rangers in ice time on any given night. I think that's pretty much common sense. And I'm going to be very curious to see going forward uh, what happens with Ben Harper. It seems like for sure the Rangers look at Mikola as an upgrade there, and that's all well and good. I'm just very curious to see if Harper will still mix into the lineup from time to time or uh, if it's a situation where Mikola is going to be the sixth defenseman going forward and Harper will be the healthy scratch and they'll just put him out there uh, in the case of an injury or, or something along those lines. But I'm very curious to see uh, how the games are distributed between those two. Right now, though, it certainly seems like Mikola uh, has the inside track. Uh, the only thing that really bothered me about the Kraken game 
is that the Rangers just didn't close with the authority that they could have. They were up 5-1 in the third period, had a shorthanded opportunity, could have made it 6-1. to uh, Instead, the Kraken get one back, and then 22 seconds after that, they get another one back. So now, instead of it possibly being 6-1, it's 5-3, to and there's still about 12 minutes to go. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing, and obviously we had to sweat it out a little bit, more than we would have liked. Um, obviously, the Rangers ended up getting the win there, but uh, yeah, a couple of times in this game where a goal was scored and then the Kraken score in the following shift. That happened twice. Uh, the first time was a Ranger goal. Kraken got one back to make it 4-1. to The second time was the Kraken scoring two goals, and I believe it was like 22 seconds, so not ideal there, but... You know, they, they did enough to obviously get the win and obviously, uh, you know, stuff the score sheet. Several players stuffed the score sheet in that game. Uh, Igor Shosturkin in that game. Stopped 26 of 29 shots. Got the win. Igor quietly has scuffled a little bit recently. I, I thought all three of the goals that he allowed in that game were at least somewhat preventable. Uh, he was not able to do it. And I, I think Igor will be just fine just going through a, a little bit of a downswing. Nothing too noticeable because the Rangers are winning. And it's not like he's not making good saves from time to time. I mean, he certainly is. But um, with Igor, you know, he set the bar just so impossibly high last year that I think that... Uh, you know, we, we all expect him to just be an absolute monster every single night. And uh, like I said, I, I think he'll get back to that when it really counts. And uh, he'll eventually come out of uh, what we can call maybe a little bit of a mini slump right now. Uh, something else that I want to highlight from that game. Rangers scored on the power play. And just a beautiful behind-the-back pass from Kreider to Mika Zibanejad. I mean, I just had to kind of include that because it was, it was that good. You know, kind of a no-look behind-the-back pass. Uh, but it leads me to a bigger point, which is that the Rangers in these two games combined went three for four on the power play. And this is a unit that was like three for 30 before that. So you go from three for 30 to three for four. That, that's quite the instantaneous turnaround there. And obviously, you hope that they can keep it up. And perhaps even more importantly, uh, the Ranger PK... They've been on point recently, not just these two games, but really coming out of the all-star break. These two games combined, though, uh, the Ranger PK killed off six of seven opportunities uh, for the Kraken and the Canes combined. Uh, so that, that was big there, obviously. They had a really big kill against the Canes uh, in this game tonight when they were up 3-2 to two and uh, Panarin had taken a penalty. So uh, that was big time right there. Allowed them to keep the lead and eventually go on to uh, you know, extend that lead and ultimately win 6-2. to two. The other thing I have to talk about with the power play, too, is uh, they've shuffled the deck a little bit, finally. I wasn't sure they would ever do this, but, uh, you know, they, they acquired Tarasenko, and I think some of us thought that uh, maybe he'll go right to the, the top unit. Instead, uh, they put Filipito there. They drop Vincent Trojek down to the second unit. So the top unit is the usual four players plus Hedl instead of Trocek. And the second unit now is Trocek, Tarasenko, Kako, Lafreniere, and Miller. So... We might have the perfect power play units right now. I mean, you can always nitpick a little bit. The Rangers can always tinker with it from time to time, but uh, that's pretty good. I think those are probably the 10 players that uh, I would go with when it comes to the man advantage. And also, one last note from this game uh, against the Kraken, Ryan Lindgren, his first goal of the season, an empty netter. Uh, his teammates were absolutely ecstatic, so that was obviously really nice to see that happen. Hardworking player, heart and soul of this team, and uh, overdue for a goal this year. I mean, not that he's going to score a ton of goals, but I would have expected him to have one by now and uh, shoots it down the ice, gets the empty netter, seals the win for the New York Rangers. But uh, we're just getting warmed up here. Want to shift our attention to the game against the Carolina Hurricanes. We got to talk about Artemi Panarin kind of getting demoted and then I think getting mad about it and just going on an absolute tear uh, the rest of that game, scoring four goals and uh, leading the Rangers to a 6-2 win against the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to talk about that. And like I said, we're also going to talk about the controversial decision uh, by Gallant to make Vitaly Krausov a healthy scratch. And we're going to get to all that stuff in just a second. 
But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking it because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now, I've been on it for about nine months, and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And so obviously Saturday night, you know, the Rangers follow up a uh, obviously very nice win against the Kraken, 6-3 to three in Vladimir Tarasenko's debut with a, I mean, you can't say that it was like, uh, you know, not a great win because they end up winning this game 6-2. to two. It's funny, can you win a game 6-2 to two while being outplayed for the majority of the game? I think the answer is a yes because uh, the Rangers, you know, after two periods in this one, I thought they were pretty fortunate to head into uh, the second intermission tied with the Canes. The second period was basically a disaster. The Rangers uh, were back on their heels. The entire second period was played in the Rangers zone. Rangers couldn't get through the neutral zone. They couldn't complete a pass. Uh, Halak was under tremendous fire, and he was, again, one of the big reasons why the Rangers won the game. And and from your backup goalie, sometimes you're just looking for him to give uh, the Rangers a chance. As I've said recently, though, Yaroslav Halak, who, by the way, just won his seventh straight game for the Rangers, uh, he is doing more than just giving them a chance. He is oftentimes one of the biggest reasons why they won. And I would say in this game, I mean, either him or Panarin, one or the other, they were the biggest reason uh, why the Rangers won this game. So, uh, yeah, obviously great stuff from Miroslav Halak. Uh, we will get to him in greater detail in just a, a second here. But I, I don't think we can go a second longer here without talking about uh, Panarin with the hat trick plus one. He also had an assist uh, for what that's worth. Um, but something that was crazy about this, you know, other than the fact that he scored four goals, is the fact that he didn't have any goals until just 2-11 remained in the second period. So he went off for four goals in the final 22-11 of this game. Pretty impressive stuff, and uh, only a handful of players in this league that can that can pull that off. Um, but the whole thing was sort of sparked by, or seemed to be sparked by a demotion because you know the Rangers, the first game that they had Tarasenko, they go with the super stacked top line left to right of Panarin, Mika, and Tarasenko. In this game, Rangers, you know, weren't really getting anything going. Panarin had had a couple too many turnovers, I think, for Jura Glantz liking. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right here. Apparently, he was only 
uh, credited or discredited, however you want to look at it, with one giveaway. But, uh, you know, a couple passes to nobody that just didn't really work. Um, but, hey, he ends up with a, a five-point night here. And I honestly think that when Panarin was demoted, it seemed to kind of light a fire under him a little bit because after his first goal, you know, I was watching him on the bench and uh, he looked pretty mad because him and Vladimir Tarasenko are really close. They've been friends for a long time. I'm not sure. You know, I saw something where, uh, you know, they were on the same World Juniors team, obviously, a long time ago. Um, and, and Tarasenko kind of took Panarin under his wing a little bit. I'm not sure if that's where they initially met, but it sounds like they, they really hit it off there, and they, they've been pretty good friends ever since. I saw something where, you know, Drury actually talked to Artemi Panarin before pulling the trigger on the trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. So, obviously, you know, he got Panarin's thoughts on that and clearly values uh, Panarin's opinion. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously the two of them are close, and I think Panarin was really looking forward to the chance of uh, playing with his buddy on the Ranger top line. You got Mika Zibanejad out there too, so obviously, you know, that line can do some pretty awesome things. Uh, the way this game wrapped up, I'm not so sure they're going to be back together for the next game, but with the way the Rangers change lines so often, they'll eventually work their way back to that. I'm, I'm sure Panarin will get another chance with Tarasenko at some point this season. We'll just have to see when. But as for these goals... Like I said, the, the first one didn't occur until just 2-11 remained in the uh, second period. You got Trocek uh, setting up Panarin for the goal. When Panarin got demoted, he dropped from the top line down to the second line, so he was back with Trocek, and uh, Jimmy Vizi was out there on the right wing. And Vizi set this whole thing up. Vizi's played great for the Rangers. He was really strong, really in both games, but especially this game against the Canes here. Uh, he forces a turnover in the neutral zone, immediately passes up to Vincent Trocek into the attacking zone. You got Trocek uh, passing to his right, to Artemi Panarin, and Panarin shoots and scores. That was the first shot on goal in more than 12 minutes for the New York Rangers, and it tied the game at 2-2, two two, a period that was completely dominated by the Canes. I remember when this happened, you know, I'm watching the second period, and the Rangers are getting killed, and you know, they were up one nothing. now they're down 2-1. I was thinking, like, man, we just got to get to the locker room down 2-1 to one, at least give ourselves a chance, but obviously Panarin had other ideas here, and uh, he scored, and like I said, he kind of looked mad at the— Matt on the bench, excuse me, uh, when he got back there. It was kind of like a facial expression that uh, I'm not used to seeing Panarin have. And, you know, I'm not going to be like the the guy that sits here and analyzes body language and facial expressions and everything. But it was somewhat noticeable. You know, Panarin's always kind of that happy-go-lucky player. He's always got a smile on his face, always having fun. He looked like he was mad. And I, like I said, I think it's because uh, he wanted more of a chance to play with Tarasenko. But obviously, uh, he got dropped, and uh, it worked out because then— uh, we're into the third period now. Panarin scores again, his second goal of the night, and the Rangers uh, go up 3-2. to two. And again, this goal started because somebody on the Rangers forced a turnover. In this case, it was Vincent Trocek. Uh, he was chasing the puck into the corner, stole it, got it to Braden Schneider. Schneider's on the right side, takes a shot. It is saved and turned aside. Panarin and Trocek both got to the rebound. Uh, I thought initially it might have been Trocek, but it was indeed Panarin who just swept the puck into the net and um, scored the goal there. And something else of note, Panarin, four goals in this game, had just one goal in his previous 13 games before this one. So obviously uh, he broke out of his goal, scoring slump in a big way here. Then he completes the hat trick in the third period. This put the Rangers up uh, four to two. So I'm actually just realizing now that it was actually a natural hat trick here for Artemi Panarin. I, I didn't initially realize that, but um, yeah, so Panarin gets a breakaway kind of out of nowhere. Canes were being very aggressive on the four check, looking for the equalizer. Uh, Miller knocked his guy off the puck. The puck goes ahead to Artemi Panarin. Panarin flies up the left side on the breakaway, goes to his forehand and scores. And it's funny because as nasty as Panarin is in the shootout, 
Um, you know, breakaways have not really been his strength this season. He's he's been stopped on uh, far more often than he scored. Um, but obviously, you know, he converts here, and like I said, he had that fire lit under him, and here you go. I mean, natural hat trick. Rangers up four to two at that point. Uh, you get a Kako empty netter that makes it five to two, and then the fourth goal of the game for the Rangers. The Canes uh, turn it over. VZ gets it to Panarin in front of the Canes net. Uh, this is with about a minute remaining or so. Uh, Panarin gets the puck, turns around, whips it into the net, and scores. No joke here. When when Panarin, when I saw where he was and where I saw uh, that he had the puck, and obviously he's going to turn and shoot here. As he was doing this, I said four. I just had a feeling he was going to turn and put that puck in the net, and indeed he did that. Six to two. Rangers, uh, you know, again, the, the score, the final score is kind of deceiving because the Rangers, I mean, props to them for having such an awesome third period. Obviously a staple of what the Rangers did last year, what they're starting to do this year, and uh, something that really good teams do. They, they step it up and they play at their best in the third period. And the Rangers did that here. Um, but yeah, the, the final score a little bit deceiving. It's not like this was an easy win for the Rangers by any stretch or that they dominated the entire 60 minutes, but we'll take it. It's a win over uh, a first place team on the road, uh, six to two. And you get to conclude the night with let's go Ranger chance on the road. It's always great to, to see that. And, um, you know, there's Ranger fans everywhere, but this is one of the arenas where uh the fans really seem to invade and uh, really give the Rangers a, a little bit of an edge, I would think, because it's not a true away game when you know half the people there, more than half, it seems like, are actually cheering for you. So good stuff there. That was the Rangers' first trip there since Game 7 last year. We know that went well for the Rangers as well. So yeah, awesome stuff there by our Temi Panarin, and we're going to keep everything rolling here in just a second, uh, but first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can, get a, so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so we'll keep everything rolling right along here. I think something that I got to get to here, and uh, this is one of those things, honestly, it could probably lead a normal episode, but there's so much to talk about here with the trade of Tarasenko or, or the trade for Tarasenko. Uh, Artemi Panarin just going off with four goals. Uh, so now we work our way finally to Vitaly Krasov here. He is a healthy scratch. I mean, he got to play in the game against the Kraken, and I thought he looked all right. I mean, nothing earth-shattering, but, you know, had a couple of nice passes, I thought. Um, you know, Puck handled, seemed to play with a lot of confidence, and uh, for one reason or another, just not out there for the game against the Canes. And, you know, it seems like the Rangers a lot of times will be hesitant to change the lineup after a win, but uh, apparently that does not apply to Vitaly Kravtsov. I just don't think this move makes any sense. And I'm somebody that, 
uh, typically will back up Gerard Gallant because I think some of the hate he gets on, on social media is just obscene. I mean, there are people that are incapable of saying anything nice about him. And does he have his flaws? Sure. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Does he occasionally do things that make me scratch my head a little bit? Yes. But the bottom line is this man, to make a long story short, you know, this is a whole other topic for another day. This man came in, took control of a team that was in complete turmoil. I mean, think about the last season that the Rangers had before Gallant had here. You had all the drama uh, with uh, Tony D'Angelo and Alex Georgiev. You had, uh, I mean, this wasn't really anybody's fault, but you had Artemi Panarin, that political hit piece was out on him, so he had to miss a good chunk of the season. You had, at the end of the year, uh, everything with Tom Wilson and everybody getting fired. Gerard Glant comes in here, takes a rebuilding team, and immediately turns them into a Stanley Cup contender, but he deserves no credit whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, there are things you can nitpick from time to time, you know, the content line changes. That certainly uh, comes to mind pretty quickly. And I, I think certainly this decision here, you got Vitaly Kravtsov, somebody that this organization and, you know, the decision makers that did this aren't really here anymore. But this organization, nevertheless, drafted him number nine overall. And you've got a situation here where you're making him a healthy scratch for Jake LeCision. Now, to begin with, I'd like to see Kravtsov play, I mean, regardless of who's going in in his place, but let's look at what Jake LeCision has done pretty much through his whole NHL career and specifically this season, okay? So this is the guy that the number nine overall pick has to come out of the lineup for. So LeCision, after this game tonight, has played 31 games this season, 22 with Vegas, uh, nine with the Rangers. Uh, he has zero points in 31 games. And consider this as well. The, the Knights basically gave up on Jake LeCision and just placed him on waivers. You know, they didn't even try to trade him, or maybe they did try to trade him and they just couldn't find any takers. But, I mean, honestly, you, you couldn't trade this guy for like a fifth-round draft pick, a sixth-round draft, something, like something. Instead, no, they, they just waive him. I mean, maybe they want to reassign him to the AHL, but obviously if you put him on waivers, you're taking the risk that somebody's going to claim him. The Rangers ended up claiming him. This is somebody that they waived despite taking him number 62 overall back in 2017. He was the final pick of the second round that season. He's still just 23 years old, and apparently the Knights had seen enough, and they just didn't want him there anymore, and uh, the Knights are a good team. You would think that they might be patient with one of their young players, although maybe not. That might actually be the reason why. You know, they have designs on winning the Cup this year, and uh, they just don't think he can do enough to help them, but decision in his career, and again, this is the guy that's playing over Vitaly Krasov has six points in 72 games. He gets one point every 12 games that he plays. And that's the guy that apparently needs to be in the lineup. I mean, Gallant was talking about it before the game, said Krasov didn't do enough. They wanted to go with a different look or something along those lines. I, I didn't really get it at all. Um, but, you know, to kind of try to make some sense out of this, Krasov, I think, remains, you know, I did an episode about this not too long ago. We did the top five most likely Rangers to be traded, and Blay was on that list. He ended up getting traded, but I had Krasov at number one, and I think that's still the case. It could be a situation where a Vitaly Krasov trade is somewhat imminent. The Rangers might feel like, you know, they're, they're going to be making a deal. I mean, we could get news later tonight that Krasov has been traded. We could get news tomorrow, uh, whenever it might be. Um, and obviously, if that's the case, if you're going to trade him, I mean, on one hand, you might think like, well, I'll showcase him. On the other hand, you know, he's played enough games this year. These teams have seen him in action at the NHL level, enough to have some kind of an idea of, you know, what he brings to the table. 
And so, you know, if you do feel like you're right about to trade him or you're going to trade him before the deadline at the very least, then you certainly don't want him to get injured and, uh, you know, nix the entire thing. So I get the feeling Kravtsov is on his last legs with the Rangers. And keep in mind, as I mentioned a second ago, you know, Jeff Gorton, JD, uh, the two biggest voices in the Ranger room on draft night, or at least that's how it used to be. That was their guy. They drafted Krasov. Krasov has twice quit on this franchise. Uh, we know that Jury was never really all that fond of the pick. Um, you know, Gallant tried to call him last year when Krasov walked out. Krasov wouldn't have it. He wouldn't come back to the team. So it might be possible that he just burned too many bridges and, you know, guys like Jury, guys like Gallant. I mean, everybody's saying all the right things and everybody's kind of playing nice in the sandbox, so to speak. But I've said this multiple times. Vitaly Krasov is not going to be a Ranger for life. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. And, uh, you know, it just kind of feels like, um, you know, he, he really is on his last legs with this team. I mentioned uh, not too long ago, when Gautier and Krasov were both healthy scratches, that it's possible that one of them, at least one of them, had played his last game as a New York Ranger. Now, that didn't end up being the case because they were both on the ice. They were both in the lineup uh, for the game against the Kraken. Uh, but regardless, um, you know, it could be just one extra game that Krasov ends up playing since I said that. It's possible that uh, we do not see Krasov back with the Rangers uh, in the lineup at any point here, and he ends up getting traded. As far as what he could get for him, I mean... Second round draft pick, I saw that floated out there on social media as an idea. I mean, if I can get a second rounder for Krasov, based on how the Rangers are using him right now, and again, the fact that you have so many uh, young players that are going to need new contracts, Krasov is not very high on the list of priorities. He's just not going to be here that much longer. If I can get a second round pick for him, uh, I'm doing that in about two seconds. And consider this, um, if the Rangers trade Krasov sooner rather than later, and they're able to get a second rounder, and we could debate that. I mean, there there might be people hearing this that say, you're not getting a second rounder for Krasov. That might be entirely possible. But if you can pull that off and get a second rounder, I mean, hey, all it takes is one of the other 31 teams to say yes, right? And you can maybe get yourself a second rounder. Might be wishful thinking on my part, but it might also be doable. But if that happens, the Rangers then have a little bit more ammo as far as uh, what they want to do at or near the trade deadline uh, for this uh, last couple of weeks that remain here because now you acquire a second-round draft pick. I mean, you could use that second-round draft pick next year or you can immediately trade that second-round draft pick for you know another piece, something else that you're looking for uh, before the trade trade deadline Excuse me, comes and goes this season. But we'll see. A lot of hypotheticals there, but uh, the long and short of it is that, yeah, Kraftsoff, it just feels like his time with the Rangers is probably running out, and that might be the best thing for all parties, really, because it, it feels like Drury and Gallant don't really have any time for him, and it feels like, you know, Krasov probably wants to change the scenery as well. A lot's happened between, you know, Krasov and the Ranger organization, and at some point, uh, the clock's going to strike midnight here. Uh, the only other thing I want to really get into here was the performance from Yaroslav Halak, his seventh straight win, as I mentioned. Uh, he stops 27 of 29 shots in this game, and something else that I've noticed is he's starting to beat some pretty good teams. You know, obviously the Canes were in first place in the Metro Division. They're still in first place in the Metro Division, even after this loss. Uh, Canes had gone 9-0-1 in their last 10 games uh, before this one. So the Rangers continue their their streak-busting tendencies. They've beaten some teams that have been on some really lengthy winning streaks this season. And Yaroslav Halak is responsible for that. Like I said, not just helping the Rangers win or you know, giving them a chance. No, the, the biggest reason why the Rangers won this game uh, along with Artemi Panarin. But, you know, he beats the first place Canes in this one. Uh, his last start before this one, 
He beat the Flames. And the Flames, obviously, you know, they're they're teetering playoff team, non-playoff team. Uh, there's better teams than them in the league, at least if you go by record. But that game was absolutely insane. And Halak hung in there and obviously got the win. And before that, uh, Halak, right before the break there, sent the Rangers into the break on a positive note, beating the Vegas Golden Knights, who were in first place at the time as well. So obviously, uh, Halak stepping it up, getting the job done. And... What was crazy is the way this game started because, you know, 30 seconds into the game, Svechnikov gets a chance in deep. Halak smothers it. Uh, Tara Vinen had a chance in deep just after this. Uh, Svechnikov had a shot that went off the glove of Yaroslav Halak. Uh, Rangers were really getting pinned back early in this game. There was a wild scramble in front of the Ranger net, you know, maybe a minute after this, and Halak was just kind of sprawled out and just doing everything he can, just kind of improvising to keep the puck out of the net. This was all happening in the first six or seven minutes of this game. So Halak really stood tall early, kept the Rangers in it. That was kind of the theme for the night and obviously gave them a chance to come back. One other save that I wanted to highlight here because this one was big. This happened in the second period. This was, you know, maybe a minute after the Rangers had uh, given up the lead. They were down 2-1 to one at this point. And as I mentioned, the Canes were basically skating circles around the Rangers in the second period. And the Canes had a chance to potentially go up 3-1 to one here. Uh, Adam Fox just inside the Carolina blue line, basically overskated the puck, resulted in a rush for the Canes. And then you had uh, Natchez. He got behind everybody, and Halak just stayed with him all the way, made a really nice save to keep the puck out, keep the score at 2-1 to one Canes instead of 3-1 to one Canes. And look, I'm stating the obvious here that you don't want to give up a goal in that situation. I think that's even more true against a typically defensively responsible uh, Carolina Hurricane team. They actually made a couple of mistakes that led to some Ranger goals in this one. But, man, you don't want to be playing from behind uh, against this team at all, and certainly not by multiple goals. So, I mean, hey, if the goal is scored there, maybe the Rangers come back and win 6-3. Um, but you never know. The goal scored there. Maybe the Canes are feeling good. They get into playing their game. They shut the Rangers down, and uh, you know they, they end up going away with the win here. You never know how it's going to shake out and how one goal can affect everything. Huge save by Yaroslav Halak uh, in that situation there. I figure we could pretty much call it there. I just wanted to leave you guys with one uh, really positive thought here. So the Hurricanes coming into this game had an eight-point lead on the Rangers, you know, the Canes are in first, the Rangers are in third. This win by the Rangers, and, and the fact that it's a regulation win helps us as well, because if they had won in overtime, you know, the Canes would still get a point. Um, but the fact that the Rangers won this in regulation, uh, that lead is now down to six points for the Canes. And if the Canes had won in regulation, it would be all the way up to 10. So obviously, you know, these division matchups are absolutely huge. Uh, Rangers have beaten the Canes twice this season, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, obviously uh, a nice couple of days here for the New York Rangers, striking a trade and... Uh, defeating the Kraken, the first place Kraken, and the first place Carolina Hurricanes by a total score of 12 to 5. So that that's big time and obviously stepping up, uh, winning five straight overall and Rangers just cooking right now. Great to see. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.